welcome to the Podcast of Power, a She-Ra and the Princesses of Power companion podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Nero. And I'm the other host, Jane. And this week, we got a little bit of breathing room from the uh, rather heavy subject matter of last week with episode four of season five titled Stranded. Yes, we've got ourselves a funny little detour, uh, a little little road trip misadventure here as, uh, as our fun cast of characters has to go refuel their car, which they probably should have done ahead of time. Rule, rule number one of road trips, everybody, always use the bathroom before you leave and always make sure your car is full of gas. Absolutely. Uh, well, I don't know if they had any foo light on Ethereum, so they might not have been able to do that. But, you know, it's uh, it's lucky that they were near that planet, but we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves here. So we start off pretty much right after the end of Corridors here. A, uh, a cold open with Glimmer settling back in on Darla. She, uh, not exactly, you know, physically unscathed. This is true physically unscathed yes she's she's physically fine emotionally a little bit less so yeah you know she she tells she tells adora like you know she she saved me and she said she was doing it for you and adora makes such a face and she just slides down the wall and it's just like yeah you see a lot of she goes through a face journey here. A lot of emotions kind of roll over her face. Oh yeah, she she goes through quite a quite a series of of emotions here. It's it's pretty uh it's pretty good and and Glimmer also like starts trying to apologize to the both of them and she gets like most of the way there, but unfortunately right before she actually gets to say sorry to Bo um there's an extremely funny <laughs> animation of uh of the ship like lurching but like it's a really it's a really bad animation <laughs> just sort of the the ship prop being slung around the screen like this is gary's mod and someone's got the fizz gun absolutely um yeah Bo kind of distances himself from glimmer a little bit and uh, at, the, at the start of this episode and that continues throughout because as we'll learn while adora is more than ready to welcome glimmer back um and, and immediately embraces her beau hasn't really gotten the chance to kind of work through any of that stuff as they say no yeah adora like got a lot of her bad emotions out pretty fast right like her and Glimmer, of course, like had some some very definitive uh, and very visible friction where a lot of those emotions got out on the table. Uh, but Bo and Glimmer didn't really have that at all. And, uh, you know, Adora is much more of the kind of person who gets her emotions out by like ha- like just just getting them out, just having a conflict you know, uh, beating up some bad guys and getting the frustrations out. And she's largely been able to work through a lot of those things, especially in the Beast Island episodes, right? But Bo's not like that. He doesn't process his emotions that way. It takes him a little bit longer. And uh, we'll we'll explore kind of how his journey with that goes a little bit later, because I think we both have a lot to say on that. But uh, but for now, uh, they Entrapta appears on screen, and she has some fun stuff to tell us. Yeah, so she's basically like, all right, so we're out of gas. Uh, the Thulite crystal that is powering this ship has been damaged, and we need a new one. Luckily, there is a planet nearby that uh, has readings of Thulite. All we need to do is gently maneuver through this rocky debris field, descend through the planet's thick atmosphere, and find the crystal. Sound good? And uh, they do that. Uh, not very carefully, uh, I might add. No, no, the ship seems to just sort of plunge onto the surface of the planet, but it it, it all ends fine. It's fine. Uh, they get onto the surface, and we, uh, we we see them sort of sort of get out and and start looking at the planet here. But uh, before they really get to that, we have sort of a C plot in this. Like it's a really brief C plot, so uh, it doesn't get a ton of 
like screen time here, but uh, Swiftwind back on Etheria has been desperately trying to send messages to Adora, trying to use their sacred bond to, uh, to sort of telepathically communicate here. And he's very, very, very sad about the fact that he can't really seem to find her no matter how hard he tries. Yeah, and so Scorpio comes up because he has been uh, staring up at the night sky for the past, like, several nights, which we get confirmation that a, a, a fair amount of time has passed between launch and uh, this episode. Uh, I think we said in corridors it had probably been a couple of weeks since they were in space, and that kind of checks out. Um, and I really like this pairing of, of Scorpion and Swiftwind. You know, it's something we saw briefly in the very first episode of this season, and now they kind of get a little bit more time to uh, to play off of each other in a very charming way. Yeah, I think they have really good chemistry. Like, they, they have, like, a really fun friendship. I think that, like they're they're just two sort of huge softies who like i don't know they they're just they're they're big sensitive lugs and they they're not very smart uh but they have a lot of love and it's 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 a fun little it's like it's fun seeing them kind of just interact it's it's very fun um also we get uh textual confirmation of uh Kyle and Rogelio uh so that's that's pretty good Yes, uh, Scorpia says she's great at keeping secrets and immediately lets slip that Kyle has a crush on Rahelia. So, hey, you know, there you go. There you go. Um, we, that is, is basically it for now. Like, it, we just kind of check back on Swift when we get a funny recap of, of, like, what's been going on back on Ethereum while the gang's out in space. Yeah, it's pretty funny, too. There's, like, there's, he does a really good, uh, Shadow Weaver impression. There's, like, this funny little, like, insert where he's like, oh, that's ice noise. That's me making ice noises. It was like, deck, 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 deck. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. Um... Oh, and also, also, Seahawk thinks juggling counts as a morale-boosting adventure. It doesn't. It's not very good. Everyone hates it. They're much more entertained by him being chased around by Emily. Naturally. And that's about it for Swiftwind until the very end, which we will get to. Uh, but it's just a nice check-in with Etheria, because we there, there was none of that in Corridors at all. It was, it was all either the Velvet Glove or the ship. Yeah. Speaking of the ship, they have landed. They find the quote-unquote crystalline surface of this planet completely barren. Uh, with a wrecked spire in the background, and L and they realize that this planet was destroyed by Horde Prime. Yes, and uh, this is where Bo reveals that the these spires are already at work on Etheria, and and kind of you know he kind of gets mad and is like uh, reminds Glimmer like if you hadn't activated the heart of Etheria, Horde Prime wouldn't know where we are. Uh yeah, they they're they're having a bit of a a rocky time here but again a little more on that later uh for now they're they're walking around and they're trying to see if they can figure out where these crystals are on this uh entirely like glassed planet and um turns out that there's a lot of seismic activity because uh the, the ground kind of opens up underneath of them and uh glimmer kind of knocks bow out of the way but uh but adora unfortunately falls directly into the hole and they do a pretty funny bit well now hold on we can't forget before that before they go all wandering off entrapta goes back to work on the ship go work on darla oh yes um, and then she's just sort of like <laughs> oh i i gotta i gotta remove the old broken crystal it must be so painful for her um <sighs> this scene and and the ship just chimes in and is like, oh, don't worry, I can't feel pain. And then Trapped is like, all right, uh, great, I'm going to go spend some quality time with Darla. And then waggles her eyebrows as she is surrounded by, like, welding tools and stuff. And I gotta, I gotta, it makes you think. Listen, she's like, she's like sultrily leaning up against the side of the bulkhead. And she's like, she's, she's petting the ship. She, li listen. The girl fucked that spaceship. Lots of people out there are like, oh, Entrapped Act, yada yada, listen to me. There's much more textual evidence for Entrapped Darla than Entrapped Act at this point. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. Like, like, listen, listen. Entrapped Darla is canon. Yes. They, 
What do you think? What do you think's going on while they're doing all this crystal? This crystal. Uh, we're spending. This crystal we're spending some here. quality time. We the all of those all those long nights through space. They're just talking in the bridge. You know, they're just spending time together. Exactly. Where is where is all the entrapped Thurlafic? Is what I'm saying. I looked on Ao3. There's nothing there. You're you have all failed me. Every single one of you. Somebody needs to get on this one. I can't believe it. Anyway. Adora falls in a hole, uh, and she says, I see a bright light, and Glenn, <laughs> Bo, immediately panics and screams. Well, no, no, she falls in the hole, and she's like, oh, I see a really bright light. I'm gonna go towards it. Yes. And then Bo's like, don't go towards the light. Not that kind of light. Uh, but yeah, they, the, the cracks in the ground reveal a massive subterranean cavern system filled with crystals, but not the kind they're looking for. These are blue. Apparently, blue crystals aren't worth uh, a rat's ass. No, they're, they're, there's no energy in these blue crystals. We got to get the pink energy. It's important. So, uh, you know, Adora's, Adora's walking around. She's trying to find everything. She's being very loud. Um, and then suddenly the lights go out, which you'd think would be kind of hard to do with all these glowing crystals. But uh, turns out there's some people down here, uh, three people, all of which immediately uh, try to get her out. Right, she gets jumped by this lady and her bird, a woman with robot arms and a dude with a pickaxe. All three of these Steven Universe-looking motherfuckers are out here. <laughs> um, and they, they, they kind of are, huh? They really are. They remind me a lot of the, the space pirates Lars hangs out with. Um, and so, yeah, they, they fight. They both accuse each other of being with the Horde. But eventually they come to realize that neither of them are, are allied with Horde Prime. And so they all kind of call a truce and sit down. Yeah, well, it doesn't help that Adora, when they ask, are you with the Horde? She's like, well, I used to be. It's complicated. Not, not what you say. You don't have to tell them that part, Adora. Adora. Like, maybe later. You don't, you don't lead in with that line, I don't think. Adora, if someone asks you if you're a member of the Galactic Horde, you say, no. <laughs> Uh, so they introduce themselves as the star siblings. We got the, the, the youngest one, Starla and her, uh, what is her owl's name? Oh, I don't remember the, the owl's name. It's not that important, but I, I want, I want, I may own, I am, I don't want to miss glory. The owl's name is glory. Uh, the older sister is tall star, the one with the robot arms and it looks like robot legs. And the older brother is Jewel Star. And these three are interesting. Um, so these characters are based on fairly obscure 80s Shira characters, I believe, that they were hoping to spin off into their own show, but I don't think it ever happened. I didn't I should have Googled them before this, um, but I do know that the characters in the original show are the Star Sisters, and they they all share the same name. Yes. So this is this is actually like uh and I believe this is like a hundred percent for sure confirmed by somebody on the crew on Twitter, if I remember correctly. I remember that being like like pe- people talked about this back when when this episode was new. But Jewel Star is in fact a trans man. Like that that is a canonical thing, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's also pretty clear. We talked about transcoding way, way, way back in the original perfuma episode yes uh season one episode three and and jewel star is, a, is, a, is another example of that i think the thing that gives it away is the facial hair yeah exactly i yeah there's there's like some pretty pretty defined like uh like like transcoding going on here with uh with jewel star and it's pretty it's pretty cool like i i really i love this design first off the the like I, I love the the giant uh, football pauldrons made out of crystals. Those are pretty fun. Yeah, the 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 big crystal spikes. He's got like straps along his arms and legs, like he's wearing some kind of harness. Yeah, he's also got like a scouter, like a like a DBZ scouter on. It's like a scouter eye patch. It's pretty sick looking. All three of them look really cool. Um, and so they explain that uh, all these three. They are here scavenging for the same energy crystals that Adora and the gang are um, because their home planet was also obliterated by Horde Prime. Yeah, this this planet specifically apparently used to be like a safe haven for travelers who are trying to escape the Horde. But then, of course, 
naturally. Uh, Prime probably didn't quite like that very much, and he decided to uh, glass the entire thing from orbit. So that's great. Um, so basically, they're they're stuck here for now until they can get a hold of some of this Thulite, and uh, their plan is to just run as far away as possible and stay safe for as long as possible, which, you know, can you really blame them? Yeah. Adora, you know, asks, well, why don't you, why don't you try to fight the Horde? And they're like, okay, uh, that sounds like a crazy idea. Who are you? Um, and she explains that her planet is also being attacked by Horde Prime. And they're like, well, if he's on your planet, you, that's it. You're done. Like, there's no stopping Horde Prime. He is a monolith. He is, like, invincible. You can, you, no matter how hard you struggle, you will always lose. Yeah. And to be fair, like, you can understand why they have this this thought process, right? They've seen, at minimum, two entire worlds be completely wiped out of life, presumably. I guess they don't directly say that their homeworld was, like, capital D destroyed, like the way this one was. But, like, you can kind of infer that that's the case. And, like, if, if you know, the dude can just hand-wavedly... Uh, completely wipe out two entire planets that presumably had some kind of military presence on them you know it's like these we're talking about civilizations that were spacefaring like at least vaguely equivalent to the galactic horde not like ethereal which are basically using you know bow and arrow plus a little bit of magic here and there yeah and you know adora is like well I'm gonna just try and fight. I I, I still believe in in, uh, in in the in the struggle. Um, I forget what is the exact line. It's like they, what what they lead her in with. Um, yeah, let's say if you're if you're smart, you'll run away, far away, instead of like you know tr- trying to fight on. Um, and Adora says, "Well, I'm not running away. That is, I'm I'm quite smart." <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty funny. Uh, yeah, but there's there's like. You know, she's like, "We're I'm 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 gonna stop him. We're gonna stop the horde. You know, why don't you why don't you help us do it together?" And they're just they're not convinced. And frankly, I wouldn't probably be either, considering she's just like a lady with a quarterstaff. Yeah. You know, she's not exactly like that intimidating. Like, she's saying, "Okay, I want to take down the Galactic Empire." It's just like you know, you got to see a little bit of a little bit of proof first here but uh but adora sort of during the the course of this um she's like well you know he has to pay for what he did but also he's got somebody on his ship somebody that i yes that i well well she's i gotta save her (laughs) yeah she doesn't finish that sentence but uh she goes on a little bit of a uh a little bit of a face and body journey yeah. here while she's like, listen, you know, she's not exactly my friend. I mean, she, we fought a lot. We used to be friends a long time ago, and I guess she tried to kill me a few times, and it kind of almost ruined everything. And it's, but she saved my best friend, and now oh, it's complicated. Tulsar says, everything with you seems complicated. Ain't it just? Uh, while this has been going on, Bo and Glimmer have been making their way through the caverns as well. Uh, Bo is still being really frosty. And, and Glimmer is trying to reconnect with him with, like, you know, reminiscing about their, their shared childhood, doing, you know, antics and whatnot on, on Castaspella. And, you know, they, they kind of reconnect for a, little, a minute, but then Bo kind of pushes away and says, well, it can't be the same again. Like, th- those days are long over. He's like, that, that was a long time ago. And, and she's just like, yeah, I guess it was. And it's... Yeah um it's 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 quite a lot and trapta arrives <laughs> and trapta shows up she's like hey guys and Tulsa's just like oh my god how many of you are there and she's Several. like grabbing all of their food and like holding it in her arms so and trapta is like all right listen this place is a hotbed of seismic activity but uh darla and me my girlfriend and I created an algorithm to predict it. And unfortunately, there's going to be a huge earthquake in a little bit. So we should get that through light uh, right away. Yeah. And so they, they started off down the tunnels. And uh, the siblings have like a cute little moment where they like are talking about like sort of their past adventures on like other planets and how they're going to get the the through light. And, you know, Tallstar is really confident and powerful. And uh, 
you know, Jewel Star's like, oh, we need to be a little bit careful, not like super fancy, not like we were on like Aquarii. And it's it's just like a cute little little moment. They have like they have a real like cute sort of sibling relationship going on. And you know, Glimmer sees that and she's like, Wow, you guys are you guys are pretty close, huh? And uh Tallstar's like, Yeah, well, you know, when you survive this long under Horde Prime's uh boot, you kinda gotta be close. Uh and she looks like she's about to talk to Bo again, but just lets them walk past so they reach this chamber with the thulite big canyon lots of crystals so many crystals so many crystals so they get the idea to dislodge a crystal spire during the next quake to create a bridge uh so they can get over to the thulite yes uh and it mostly works they're they're able to to push it over it like seems to be reasonably stable and um, they go over to the other side, and uh, when they do, you know, uh, Glimmer starts climbing up, trying to get to the Thulite. You know, everybody's kind of crossing the little rock bridge, but um, the seismic activity is uh, busting up the entrance. So Adora immediately runs over along with Tallstar, and they start trying to sort of hold up the uh, the crystal outcrop in front of the uh, the cave there. Yeah, and apparently the algorithm was a bit off. And the big quake is coming a bit more, a bit sooner than Entrapped anticipated. Glimmer is kind of raised up on this big uh, slab of rock that comes out of the ground, uh, separated from everyone. But she is close to the Thulite. And Bo is like, listen, just, you just jump, all right? Like, not, it's not worth it. He's like, it's, it's, too, it's too dangerous. It's not worth it. Jump and I'll catch you. And she's just like, listen, we need this. We won't get another shot you know just just trust me okay Bo. i just need you to trust me and bo's like this it it's hard for him but he but he nods he's like yes i will trust you and it's it's tough for him but he he does trust her and she she manages to to scoot her way up and and grab one of these little uh pink crystal stars uh me, meanwhile jewel star he just kind of uh jewel star's solution to the bridge collapsing is to sort of take his little his little minecraft pickaxe and slam it into the top of the the bridge and try to hold it that way i'm not sure that's how that works yeah it's it seems precarious Bo secures it better with a a rope arrow still seems pretty precarious yeah we never did say jules all three of them have you know cool weapons obviously tallstar has the robot arms jewel star has like a like a hatchet pickaxe sort of thing uh starla both commands glory but also she just has a pair of daggers yeah she has a pair of like daggers but they're specifically like boomerang daggers it's actually pretty sick like she's very cool yeah um Bo stays behind so he can catch Glimmer. The star siblings run towards the the entrance or the exit, which is slowly collapsing. One of Tallstar's arms gives out, leaving Adora alone holding this collapsing crystal. Yes, and uh, Adora, at normal human strength, is about to get crushed uh, to pieces. But but no, she refuses to leave anyone behind. She says she's she's not going to leave anyone behind ever again. And so in this moment, she. She kind of hulks out a little bit, and she she turns Shira back on just for a moment, just for a brief second. We don't even actually see the transformation. We see like um, her face kind of uh, like reflected in a crystal on the other side of the room, um, and we see her like in silhouettes, sort of explode uh, the entrance way wide open, um, and everyone's kind of like. Hey, holy fuck, what was that? And Trapta says, I think that was She-Ra. So it turns out that her connection is not severed with the destruction of the sword. No. Somehow she can still call upon it. Um, perhaps only in times of extreme stress. Who can say? Who can say? We'll, we'll have to see how that how that goes from here. But, uh, but She-Ra may not be entirely gone. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we've got uh, Bone Glimmer back on the other side. The the bridge is is out of time. That bridge is gone. Um, but Glimmer kind of slides down. Bo catches her, and uh, <laughs> Bo has this really fun line where he's like, "Are you ready to try something that's really stupid and probably won't work?" And she's like, "Always." 
So they he lassos, he grappling hooks a crystal stalag. Might? I always get these two mixed up. Might? I think it's might. I think it's, it's uh, Yeah, because it's like, the, the saying is like, stalag might fall on you. And then I forget the one for stalactite. But yeah, I think stalagmite is the one on the ceiling. Sure, yeah. That makes sense to me. Um, and it immediately falls apart. But they have enough forward momentum i guess to uh to barely clamber onto the edge of that uh that canyon yeah they have a real cliffhanger moment but they they do manage to get back up with uh, with the help of our good friends yes star siblings help out and so everyone reconvenes back on the surface and the the star siblings are talking to adorians like that was uh that was some crazy stuff you did was that magic yeah, we haven't seen magic in the broader universe for hundreds of years. It seems like Horde Prime had a little bit of a personal vendetta against magic and, and wanted to see it wiped out uh, everywhere he could. Um, more than likely because, of course, it was sort of uh, the first one's modus operandi here. Yes, so it probably died with them. And they're like, well, you know... It seemed hopeless before, like when you were talking about fighting Horde Prime, but if you can do that, you might actually have a chance in this. Yeah, so so they agree to come along and help them and uh, and join the rebellion, which uh, which is a good thing because Glimmer did only grab one Thulite crystal, and I can't imagine that that would have gone really well if they had to like if they had to like okay, whose spaceship gets the fuel. I think they probably split it because they don't actually get on Darla. Um, they, uh, slight spoilers, they do not return after this episode, um, except for a cameo. But we'll, we'll get to that. Oh, that's right. I, I, I did forget about that. We'll actually. get to that. So, but, but what they don't join the rebellion on a theory. They, they want to go and like spread this message and, and rebellious spirit to the rest of the universe. Right. Right. Actually, I just because we're like like I usually say we usually keep the episode on in the background here just muted and they they do say um one of them says that they want to go and retake their home so so yes they're they're gonna go retake their home um also that that confirms uh what i thought which is that the home world of the star siblings is not destroyed um just just this traveler's world is so that's good subjugated yeah but we did see Horde Prime destroying a world earlier. Um, yeah. So it is happening. It is happening other places right now. So I hate to be on that that world. Yeah, it seems bad. Back on the ship, Bo is setting up the new Thulite, refueling the ship, getting ready to go. And Glimmer kind of walks up behind him and is like, you know, I understand that you need time. I understand that I've really messed up. I, I did and said some like truly horrible things that i don't think i'll ever i will never be able to take back and i just want to let you know that whenever you're ready to like move forward i'll be here waiting for you yeah and he just and i i really like the the line delivery on Bo in this scene especially because he's quiet throughout this entire exchange and and after glimmer finishes like it takes a second for him to kind of turn around and, and respond but he just he he takes her hands and he looks at her in like right in the eye and he just says okay like he it's it's a really nice moment it's uh it's really good i enjoy how this is allowed that this is okay that they're they're letting Bo have this kind of space to have these emotions um but we'll we'll, we'll get a little bit deeper into that in just a quick second but before that um there are Two other uh, little things, uh, you know, just little tiny things at the end of the episode here. Not not important. Not important at all. So Adora is staring off into space, um, and Glimmer comes up behind her. Is like, you want to go after Catra, don't you? Yeah, and and Adora's just like, listen, I know that she's done some horrible things, and I know that that there's that you're you're not going to agree with me. But I just, I can't, I can't leave her there. I have to try. And, you know, Glimmer's just like, listen, she saved my life. Whatever, whatever you need me to do, I, I'm with you all the way. Listen, Adora, I get it. You're gay. You're gay. We, we understand. So they are going to rescue Catra. Um, meanwhile, back on Etheria, the sacred connection that 
uh, Swift and, and She-Ra have reignites, and he excitedly exclaims that She-Ra is back to a a very groggy Scorpio. Whom there's it's very cute. She's like sleeping curled up next to him while he watches the sky. Yeah, it's very sweet. Also, um, we forgot to mention earlier actually um during the swift wind scenes there's this really cute moment where um the cloud wives show up and they like put a blanket over him while he's out there in the cold and they like prepared him like a little salad i think like a big salad bowl it's like it's just really cute it's it's adorable people like swift you know what i do too everybody likes our funny horse friends uh that was stranded that's a it's a really it's a much needed buffer i think yeah, it's a really tight episode too i feel yes. very focused and the the plots all weave together it introduces some some cool characters some fun cameos from the original show it has space for Bo and glimmer to to do their thing as characters it has like check-ins with etheria it's it's a very good sort of breather episode and trust me we'll need it oh well we will need it my god because of course last time was corridor is a very emotionally heavy episode and next week next week's the bit we're talking about (laughs) season five episode five which is entitled save the cat yeah this is this is one of the big ones here this is this is the this is the penultimate big one really um it's something else yeah, that's that's gonna be a long episode. So I hope I hope everyone's excited for that one because I know I'm very excited to get into Save the Cat. We've got we got a special intro lined up, a whole thing. We're gonna have the we're gonna do it like a bonus thing about um about like the the Save the Cat script. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a whole fun time. Look forward to that. But for now, we got some questions here about Stranded. I guess we'll start off with this one from Anonymous um on curious cat something i really like about this episode is that they don't make Bo seem like an ass in this they give him the breathing room to recover from season four and even when glimmer apologizes everything isn't hunky-dory again it's just okay uh and there's still a bit of discomfort next episode but a comfortable discomfort if that makes sense all in all the glimbo apology was handled really well yeah, I agree 100%. And this is this is sort of the the question that I was kind of saving um the the Glimbo discussion for here cuz I wanted to sort of address it here. But yeah, so I I love the way that this is handled because Bo for a lot of uh season 4 and the beginning of season 5 especially like he had been trying his best and he was constantly just being tossed aside uh, by everybody and he was like you can only keep up that kind of uh, positive emotion for so long right like Bo is a very strong guy he's got a lot of like emotional fortitude he's got an enormous amount of patience um, and he's very emotionally intelligent he's very empathetic but he has a limit and when you pass that limit it's not it's not like with the door it's not like the other characters in the show there's not like just you know you apologize and move on it sticks with him it he it's not necessarily that he has a grudge but it takes him a while to move on from being genuinely hurt he that like he processes emotions that way and it takes him a while to get through it you know adora like like i said she kind of punches her way through and just has like a big like fight about it and then you know usually everything's fine but with him it's like he keeps a lot of those emotions internal he doesn't like have a big fight with you about it he's gonna hold it in and it's gonna be in his in his head for a long time um and I and I really like how the show doesn't go out of its way to be like, oh well, Glimmer feels sad about it, so Bo, you need to comfort her, or whatever. And like, but it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't do that, which is what you'd expect from a lot of shows like this. But uh, but no, he's he's not positioned as like you know he needs to be nicer to Glimmer or whatever. It's just he needs time. And I and I really like that. I like that they give him space and time 
to get through this. Where was this during launch? Where was this writing? Where did it go? Right? Did it get lost? <laughs> did it, like, take a wrong turn? Yeah, it, took a, it took a wrong turn Albuquerque, you know? Because, like, yeah, it's it's really great the way his emotional arc is handled. The way that his frustrations are treated as, like, yeah, no, it makes sense. And he's perfectly reasonable for being pretty mad at her. Yeah, like, like Glimmer betrayed him and everyone else and refused to trust him and... And I, and I also love how, like, despite the fact that he is so mad and he is, he is really upset still. And but like he isn't completely shut off. Right. Like he he wants to be friends with Glimmer again. He wants to reconnect and he, he almost reaches out. But like he just can't push past it like it's not real, like it's not there. He needs time to get through this and i don't know i I, there's so much just nuance to it that i i really really enjoy yeah like when you have a really deep connection with someone like that in a lot of history there those emotions do get caught up in one another and it is hard to just like drop everything and and get, get real mad and shut everything out um it's really good great great stuff from the show very 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 good stuff next up here on curious cat i guess we'll do one that's not really a question fun fact you can totally survive for a few seconds without a suit and vacuum especially if you exhale first it really sucks but it won't kill you good news sparkles no magic field necessary yeah i've uh i i I did know about that part you can you can probably survive in space by just sort of exhaling uh there's actually a this this actually happened in real life at one point there's a guy and i can't remember what his name was he wasn't actually in space space right but um at one point uh aboard the iss there was a guy i think i think it was aboard the iss i'm pretty sure um because this was like fairly recently um but there was a guy who was in uh one of the airlocks aboard the station and um through some series of events um it started depressurizing Ah. and of course everybody in the whole thing um kind of freaked out a little bit and were working as fast as possible to sort of undo this problem and get him back inside to the rest of the ship um but uh, i believe if i remember correctly the guy was like um he could start to feel the um like the spit on his tongue start to boil off uh because of the 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 low pressure um which is it's pretty scary to be honest nightmarish yeah because because once you get to those really low pressures it just everything starts boiling any any liquid water uh is gonna start immediately boiling which is really the 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 big problem right is like your your blood boils like inside of you um from the lack of pressure explosive decompression we uh isn't any great yeah, seems seems like it wouldn't be fun. So so she probably would have survived for a little bit, but thankfully she did have the Green Lantern field, and she didn't have to experience the weird boiling sensation. She didn't have to think about the crushing void of space. <laughs> Got one here, another anonymous one. Uh, does Horde Prime's exaggerated faux politeness maybe come from a similar impulse to sea lioning, trying to hold the moral high ground? Despite doing horrible things, we're being very calm, mannerly, and genteel about it while your opponent breaks down into an emotional mess. That's exactly what he does. Yeah, m- more more or less. I'm not sure I would like I'm not sure I would like actually call it sea lining because I think it's like a, like a like a slightly different sort of argumentative like tack to take than than what he does. He's less smug about it. Yeah, he's he's less smug about it. Um, it's cause, cause to me, like sea lining is, um, when you kind of start with like a really bad faith line of, of sort of questioning, like, you know, the, like the classic, like little comic where this comes from, where somebody's like just talking about whatever. And then the sea lion shows up and is like, oh, well, what about sea lions or, or whatever? And you know, it's just kind of like, oh, well, you're sort of dodging the question here. It's, it's, I feel like it's a very different kind of bad faith argumentation because Horde Prime is more like, it's not necessarily like 
exaggerated faux politeness. It's more like, uh, I think the wording that I used in in the last episode was crushing benevolence. This idea of like, um, I am benevolent, but I know more than you. I am wiser than you. I know everything. And I know what is best for you and everyone else. And, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to treat you the way you deserve to be treated under my light. And, you know, that involves both like, uh, you know, this sort of hospitality, but also this like complete and unabashed subservience. So it's, I don't know, it's, it's like, it's, it's a slightly different way of doing things, right? Like it is like this very calm and mannerly way of doing things, but it is more like, it's more rooted in the sort of like crushing you underfoot um, with uh, with a bright smile on your face versus like trying to argue with someone. Like Horpron doesn't argue with you. This isn't. It's not an, ever a two way conversation, right? He is dictating to you what is going to happen, what you're going to do, what he's going to do, and there's you you are taking it from him as gospel literally yep he never operates in bad faith because he fully believes everything he says and can back it up exactly so he can't back it up with quite a lot of guns um it seems so that yeah it's a bit different than sea lining um some stuff on the email side uh sean Montgomery informed us about a uh, the the extended glimmer scene you were thinking of, which apparently comes from Save the Cat. Unfortunately, the link that comes with that email has already been removed. YouTube has already yeah. crushed it uh, into dust. So, if anyone can find us the extended animatic for for Glimmer and Save the Cat, that would be much appreciated. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Uh, it seems like yeah, the original like Tumblr post where. Um where uh, jen bennett posted that uh seems to be gone so yeah uh we'll 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 see if we can try and and get a hold of that for the actual like episode where we talk about the save the cat like uh like fanfic and stuff like that so hopefully hopefully we'll be able to find it by them how about you take these emails then absolutely um yeah so from tobu uh here hi you two hope you're doing well hope you're doing well as well um i want to ask you about something that's bothering me and seem like an appropriate episode for it um in stranded one of the star siblings tells adora if you're smart you'll run away and adora sort of blurts back well i'm not running away that is i am very smart it's uh it's hella funny but it also touches on a running joke in the fandom the idea that adora is stupid uh, i've heard shira fans call her a resident dumb lesbian jock uh, and even on this podcast uh y'all have joked about it a lot um and like i get it we're all nerds here we love ragging on the jocks but kind of rubs me wrong because uh hot take i don't think adora is stupid in fact i think she's actually pretty smart uh, hear me out here. Uh, Dora is a literal child soldier who was raised by an abusive narcissist. She was trained to be a commander who is presented with the facts, uh, form a strategy, and leads her troops into actions. And she's legitimately good at that. She's got charts and maps and diagrams. She's got all the intel reports memorized. She's a great commander. Um, honestly, the Princess Alliance tends to flounder when she's not around to lead them. Um, the problem is at the start of the series, that's all she knows how to do. When you take her off the battlefield, she can be ignorant. Uh, socially awkward and naive and she's got these new powers which she's very excited about but she makes a lot of mistakes and you know comes off as a little bit dumb Uh, but i think it's important to remember that adora's ignorance and naivete was fostered on purpose by shadow weaver Uh, she's bad at thinking for herself because she was isolated and groomed to be dependent on her foster mother Uh, she bluffs frantically when she's not sure what's going on because asking questions as a horde cadet would get you punished she makes all these silly charts for Princess Prom because the one mode she, she learned for dealing with a problem was to treat it like a military campaign and she falls back on that mode when stressed. She doesn't know the right way to do these things because nobody ever taught her. But, you know, as soon as Adora leaves the Horde and gets access to a whole new world of information, she immediately starts learning and growing and figuring things out. And that takes time. You know, sometimes it results in some very funny mistakes. But to say that Adora is stupid feels like selling her short. She isn't stupid. She's smart goofy and headstrong um but she was deliberately raised in ignorance by an evil control freak you know she's a resident clueless lesbian jock and she's doing her best i don't know am i giving her too much credit what do you two think i think she is definitely not like a clueless idiot no exactly uh, i like i agree with this uh more or less 100 percent. like um it is definitely whenever we call her dumb 
like it is definitely more to to her cluelessness in regards to certain things because she is she is a good strategist and a brilliant fighter um she's just not good with like emotions or people really yeah so so yeah like like that the good thing right is like um when when we we talk about like adora being dumb like um to be clear i you know we don't mean it in the sense that she's like literally stupid it's more the fact that like she's she's very socially like she's not she's not very acclimatized to social stuff she's very like not emotionally intelligent she's not like super um She's not super in tune with her own emotions or anybody else's. She's not super good in social situations, uh, that sort of thing. And she's very bad at understanding her own emotional state. She's really, really, really bad at that. So, you know, we, we sort of joke around and, and call her like the dumb lesbian jock of the of the show. We, we mean that like in, in kind of a loving way and in, and in that way where it's like we know that she is like she she is she's genuinely very tactically smart she's very like she's very adept at doing stuff she is like of course you know naturally she's been trained to be a soldier and and naturally like most military organizations um (coughs) the united states military um uh deliberately sort of tries to create these uh these people who are bad at most things but very good at being soldiers um but uh but yeah like like adora is a smart girl she's just very dumb when it comes to very specific emotional and social situations yeah there's that trifecta of like you telling me a shrimp fried this rice based based on what an apartment complex it's really quite simple oh yes the the triangle in that triangle i would say adora is definitely you're telling me a shrimp fried this rice like that is her oh yeah her kind of purview uh if i had to assign the other two entrapped as definitely apartment complex it's really quite simple and based based on what is definitely perfuma yeah yeah extremely extremely i can hear it in her voice yeah you, you you hit the nail on the head there uh but yeah no totally totally agree with you here tobu that's 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 100 percent true well, that brings us to the end of the questions here. There's going to be a couple more in a in a brief spoiler zone. Obviously, there's not a lot to talk about in this episode because we can't talk about anything that's happening next episode. No, can't even. I'm we're we're not breaking the wax seal on this one. Not this time. We're we're holding off. And we do we do want to talk more about about uh, sort of glimmer and bow, but we're going to save that as well for an episode coming up uh, a little bit after save the cat as well because that's really where where we get some some good content there so for now we're gonna we're gonna run into some plugs yes and we got we got some cool things going on here over on patreon that's right yes we do patreon.com slash pot of power so you can find all sorts of things over there if you're doing it at the three dollar level you of course you know not only get your name read on every episode you also get access to all sorts of fun side content such as the kipo cast the owl cast and soon to be uh, started infinicast where we watch kipo in the age of wonder beast the owl house and infinity train respectively yes that that infinity train first episode is coming up pretty shortly here as well so so keep keep an eye out for that one uh we've got fun bonus episodes uh we we look at stuff we've got one coming up real shortly here on uh the the memoir of course the fire never goes out uh we're gonna have that up this sunday so that'll be fun um we've got uh other sort of sort of stuff we got she riffs where we kind of riff on old uh, funny 80s she stuff we've got uh uh coming up actually at the end of the season we've got a uh a tabletop campaign we're gonna do a sort of a one shot for this uh shira themed tabletop game called for the honor and that's gonna be a blast coming up i gotta i gotta we gotta start pulling things together for that we do we do we'll have to have to see if we can uh, get some get some stuff together for that one we also have the watchtower a video podcast about uh showing off some shira fan content all themed around a different ship roughly each month uh we got two coming down the pipe very shortly i think one on glitra and one on glimadora yes yes indeed 
Uh, and then, of course, the final one we're going to be doing is naturally on Catradora. So keep an eye out on that one. Um, what about one dollar patrons though i mean they don't get anything out of this right why even donated one dollar well we are making a a slight adjustment to uh to things with our with our one dollar patrons here and one of the first things is going to be we are actually going to be opening up a podcast of power discord a public discord uh so we're going to be launching that uh, along with this episode so as soon as uh as soon as this is out you can head on over to patreon.com slash pot of power and there will be a link in there somewhere for you to uh to go uh join join up with that server it'll be it'll be pretty fun along with that we are also going to be making the old seasons of each of our sideshows available for one dollar patrons that means the entirety of the owl cast and the first season of the Kipo cast will be available for one dollar patrons if you want to stay current you gotta donate at the three dollar level but if you just want to catch up on that stuff they will be available there absolutely so so that's great so that'll be that'll be opening up some uh some fun new some fun new stuff there so uh so yeah hopefully you all uh, get a chance to enjoy that of course you can also find us on twitter at podcast of power where you can keep up with all sorts of news catch question posts sometimes we retweet uh monstrous monstrous machines from the he-man show you know how it is you know how it is and let's let's by the way let's get that patreon read while we uh while we're here oh, of course of course let me open it up special shout out to the new force captain patron who joined this week brinsley hammond brower thank you very much yes thank you as well as the rest of our force captain patrons salty salty prongg blue holly I Beauregard, Kaylee Louisa, Garrett Johnson, Ross, Ivy, Emma Lynn, Ashley Butcher, Anelia, Cody, Haley Moreland, Yusuf Gurch, Ashley, Kyra Williams, Mabel Mabel, Ryan Kuhn, Jennifer Jones, Jess Pumphrey, Neil May, Jack O'Neuro, Olivia, Brittany Ray, Michael Steinert, Tara Stark, TCO, Brennan Fitzgerald, Tobu, Emma Grossman, and Robert Harris. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you very much for all your continued support. As always, it means the world to us, and uh, hopefully you like what's, uh, what's coming down the pipeline, because we've got quite a lot of very, very good stuff uh, for this uh, this season here. Of course, you can also send us emails, gmail.com, or uh, podpower at gmail.com for longer form emails. We will be doing a big email roundup at the end of this season, of course, probably the biggest one yet. So... You got submissions for that. Make sure to mark it as such. You can also send, you know, episode-specific emails if you want us to talk about them, such as one we will be uh, talking about here in the spoiler zone. So that should be fun. And uh, of course, you can also find me if you want to hear more about me on Disney Minus, where I go through the Wretched Mouse's offerings on Disney Plus. Uh, latest episode is on the very strange The Three Caballeros. Very odd film. Next episode, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, that's exciting! You get to you get to hear you get to hear uh, Hellfire, which yes. is which is one of the one of the real classics of the, the villain songs. One of the most baffling adaptational decisions Disney's ever made, I would have to say. Oh yeah, the gargoyles sure do exist. It's not very kid-friendly source material i say but you'll have to listen to more uh, on that one if you want to hear my thoughts on hunchback i've never actually seen this before so i'm quite excited oh yeah you're in for um a ride i'm pretty sure when i was younger my parents were like mm, maybe skip this one um, yeah yeah i can see why so that's coming up soon we are going to be heading into the spoiler zone now for a, a bit more of a, a briefer chat uh nothing too heavy so uh if if you are not joining us we'll see you next week if you are we'll see you on the other side
so let's start, I think, with the shorter one here, the email about the clones. Yes. Um, which is interesting. So we got one here from Brigham. Um, so they say, hi, Nero and Jane. I don't know if I'm overthinking this, but it got my attention. Wrong Hordak has messy, ruffled hair, whereas the clones still faithful to Prime have slicked back hair. Is this some kind of rebellious behavior from Wrong Hordak? I also noticed that Hordak has... A, uh, had a strand of hair out of place as he was remembering who he was and who Entrapta was in uh, in the finale. After Prime takes over Hordak's body, he immediately puts the strand of hair back into place. Now, this this you are correct. You are not overthinking this. This is good. Horde Prime does indeed require complete, like um, you must conform to his exact image of perfection. And that's exactly why he tossed Hordak out to the wayside, because he was defective. And so we even see this with Katra, right, next episode, where she's been chipped and her hair has been shaved down very short and neat, which is not something we ever see Katra as. Yes, they this is this is a clear sort of piece of symbolism, right? Like this, this is this is like. It's visual visual theming here. So the the sort of the the hair being a little bit messy or out of place, the the strand of hair that that sort of appears um, right right as that that sort of conversations happening with Entrapta. Like these these are visual themings um, that that are being placed in front of you, and you know it's supposed to illustrate that like yeah these these are characters who are the sort of re- the the sort of regimented appearance has faltered in some way with with Hordak proper of course it's because the you know his identity and his memories are sort of breaking through that conformity a little bit and and the the facade is cracking um however with wrong Hordak with his sort of uh messy ruffled hair you know, he was still developing. You know, he didn't finish his his time in the in the vats, as it were. Like he was still in that little pod when uh, when everyone sort of found him and and kind of disconnected him from the hive mind. So he's he's not really connected to that sort of rigid uh like regimentation right he's he has been disconnected from it so his hair is not uh completely slicked back his appearance is a little bit uh rougher than it should be because you know he's he's trying to at least at first maintain that sort of conformity but being so disconnected from it it's it's very hard for him to do and uh so yeah, it's 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 some it's some really good uh, sort of visual clues here to try and uh, and illustrate stuff. Also, it's it's good to have a visual delineation between a bunch of vaguely identical characters in that way uh, as well, just to make sure that you you know who's who. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit difficult to tell who Hordak is unless it is you know obviously most of the time it is specifically a Hordak scene, but you know. So, uh, how about you take this this curious cat? Uh, yes. So, uh, we got another curious cat here from uh, distant uh, Ram Ram A Ram Four Y, um, who asks. Uh, so, the star siblings are introduced in this episode, but they don't appear in any episodes after this one. Do you think they'll be supporting cast in the possible movie? Since the main crew are theoretically going to bring magic back from the universe, and the star siblings are the only characters you know in space, uh, not counting Horde Prime, um, I heard someone uh, complain about how they introduced the star siblings uh, and then forgot about them after this episode, but I think the show is too well planned um, for them to just be one episode cameos. Um, yeah, I. Uh, here's the thing. I, I am pretty convinced if we do get some sort of, you know theoretical season six movie sort of situation right um i i think it is gonna be like sort of a space road trip i think we're going to probably pick up on like maybe these other worlds that are that have or are currently uh rebelling 
against uh, the Galactic Horde, the remnants of it. And, you know, I, I imagine that uh, the Star Siblings are probably going to be a portion of it. Um, I think that, like, even even if they aren't, though, I, I do quite like the, the cameo that they have here. Even if that ends up being, like, just that in isolation, I, I do like how they they sort of exist here it's it would be nice to see more of them but i think what we got was pretty nice like it's a nice little self-contained thing as well yeah like they're just some cool characters we spend a little bit of time with to kind of get across things about the wider world like to to give us some information in a, in a cool and, and stylish way exactly exactly um uh the there's a little second part here as well which says uh, as a side thought uh, did you enjoy the Luki and Cal Easter eggs in the first couple episodes of the series? I only noticed them during my third watch after picking up uh, the uh, original She-Ra DVD set, and I was not ready for it, uh, but I also love it. Um, yeah, we we noticed the Luki one. I don't know that I noticed the Cal one. The Cal- so I think in the second episode... Um... There is a the stuffed animal that is cowl on Glimmer's bed. Oh yeah. And in Beast Island, uh, Micah asks if she if she still has that stuffed animal and refers to him by name. Oh, okay, that's cute. Actually, I don't remember that. Um, but yeah, I uh, we, we we picked up on 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 the Luki one for sure, definitely, and it's well, <laughs> wretched little beast. See, we have a we have we Luki is. A, a scary little scary little I hate gnome. him he's a little gnome who wants to teach me morals that most of the time don't have anything to do with what the episode was about <laughs> he's a very scary little little cabbage patch child but like we're, uh, terrible so yeah we did we did catch that there are a couple of times where she's yelling at lukey i think there's one in mar and hero i think Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Raz, Raz is yelling at, at at Luki a couple of times in there, but uh, but yeah, no, we 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 picked up on that. We're we're uh, they're fun. They're fun Easter egg. Fun, yeah, very fun Easter eggs. The Star Siblings are kind of between that and like fully fledged characters. I I would definitely like it for them to come back. However, as I've said time and time again, put Skeletor in. God, they gotta I, put. Like, it'd be so funny if they did Skeletor for the movie. I don't care that Kevin Smith is making his dark edgy He-Man show. I don't care about that Skeletor. It doesn't matter that he's played by Mark Hamill. I'm sure he'll have a blast. I want Skeletor in this show. I, I want full camp weirdo Skeletor. I do too. I wonder is like I wonder if they can get the rights to use Skeletor because like Skeletor was a character okay. in She-Ra, but I don't know that. Like, what if? They can't, but they just have him like wrapped in a cloak, so you never see him, and they never say his name. But he has the <laughs> voice, and he's clearly just Skeletor. Oh my god, you could probably get away with that, yeah. Like you could probably do like a do like a homage without like directly saying that to the characters. Yeah, that'd be pretty fun. There's a there's an episode of um that the the Disney Afternoon Show Bonkers, the like horrible uh weird roger rabbit knockoff about like toon cops and whatnot um and there was an episode with mickey mouse in it now back in that era and probably still now disney had very strict restrictions on when and where mickey mouse could appear um and they were not allowing him on any of the disney afternoon stuff oh so there was an episode where bonkers has to save a very high profile toon actor from being kidnapped and he's a he he's a squeaky voiced mouse who lives in a castle, and they just call him <laughs> the mouse, and he's in a cage the whole time, and you can't see him. So it's very clearly just Mickey, but they just skate all the way around it. They yeah, cannot... they just they they can't they can't quite touch the the subject, but they can build a box around it. So I want them to do something like that with Skeletor, where they just come up with some kind of weird thing to hide his identity and call him by some other name, but he's clearly just Skeletor. And maybe at some point, like somebody is about to call him Skeletor, and somebody else like interrupts them mid sentence, like it's like a Timmy like... Turner like dad situation. It's like <laughs> you, my real name is Truck Noises. Yeah. Oh, I'm so mad about uh, that Butch Hartman is the way he is because there's some really funny stuff in in that in in uh, the fairly odd parents 
right? Just genuinely great comedy. Screw you, Big Fart Man. Um, <laughs> but yes, that is it for Stranded. Hashtag release the Skeletor cut. All of that sort of thing. You know how it is. Maybe oh, you know how it is. Get it, get it trending and we can put... <laughs> <laughs> we can put Skeletor in... Uh, the movie. I, there's nothing more that I would want. Yeah, is Alan is, is Alan Oppenheimer still around? Can we get him in the studio? Oh God, pay pay him all the like, the entire budget. Just give him everything. I uh yeah, we will we will see if those if those dreams of a Shira movie come to pass. The anniversary is coming up. The 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 anniversary of season five fast approaching that's true that's true and nobody's nobody's con- like deconfirmed it nobody said it's not happening yeah no one has said don't get your hopes up everyone's just playing real coy so yeah well negotiations and all that usually there's a lot of like uh you know zip lips with stuff like this so i don't know you know maybe 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 they'll say something so keep an ear to the ground and we'll see but uh that'll do it for this kind of light breezy one of the podcast of power next week is not going to be light or breezy oh no we're we're getting into save the cat territory and uh well we are going to save that cat and it's going to be uh quite a quite an adventure getting there until then i have been one of your hosts nero and i've been the other host jane and we're holding out for a hero yes we are